Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim Wildman, as the announcer just told you, and as always, we thank you for listening to AFR. Uh, I must confess to you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm usually a a, uh, emotionalist person here on the radio and try to maintain a good NPR modem. (laughs) But I'm giddy this morning. (laughs) I'm very happy. My faith in America has been restored, at least temporarily. Uh, because of the election results last night from from uh, Virginia in particular, but other places across the country. And we're going to talk about those results today and what they mean. Uh, Ed Battagliano is uh, with me. Good morning, Ed. Good morning. I'm also giddy. Are you giddy too? Yeah. Uh, that You know, that's, that's, that's quite a confession for a hockey fan yeah. to use a word like giddy. <laughs> yes, it's true. Uh, it's, it it's, is true. It's almost a feminine word. You know what I'm saying in hockey? Well, uh, now you're bringing me down, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm questioning. I'm questioning myself. Whether you should be giddy yes. or not. Uh, Fred Jackson, good morning, Fred. Great to be here. Hey, uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson, our good friend and colleague here with his own show, The Awakening, heard noon to 1 o'clock Central Time. So Bishop will be on with his own show in a couple of hours. We've invited him on. Uh, and he'll be on in about 10 minutes because he is a citizen of the state, or I should say Commonwealth of Virginia. And uh, he ran for Lieutenant governor a few years ago, almost won in that state. And uh, so I just want his reaction to what happened Mm -hmm. in uh, the old dominion last night. So we're going to talk to Bishop EW Jackson coming up in just a few minutes. All right, Fred. Well, a big night in Virginia, but first. But first. But first. You know, we've had some negative things to say about the vice president of the United States. Yes. Kamala Harris. We have. We've had some negative. I've been a big fan. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> okay. But it turns out she's a prophet. Or a prophetess. Or a prophetess. Although you got to be careful about your prophet pronouns in today's culture. Yes. I know. That's you know. right. But she, I, may, she may be. No, I, I'm, out yeah, I'm go. sorry. I'm going I, off. Listen, of, I, me too. Fred, go ahead with the news. This, this is the prophecy that she issued just uh-huh. a few days ago before the election. I want you to have a listen to it. Cut number four. Because you see, what happens in Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022 2024 and on. Now, there may be some regret this morning in certain Democrat circles about what the vice president said because she was predicting, she was talking about yesterday's election in Virginia, and she was saying, whatever happens there will have a tremendous impact on the midterms next year and 2024. I think she's right. I think she's now, right. Uh, all things staying the same anything can happen between yes. now and even a year from now for the 2022 midterm election certainly 2024 seems a long way off three years to go uh but as it stands today i think she's exactly right i, yeah. I think that what happened in virginia and in other parts of the country yes. last night 
I think is a warning to the far left of the Democratic Party and the establishment of the Democratic Party that's in large part sided with the far left. Joe Biden is a far lefty. I think they should be paying attention. Will they? Who knows? We'll see. I hope they don't. If you're just waking up this morning (laughs) and and you don't know the results, you may be wondering, what are these guys talking about? Right. Are you All right. in the New Guinea somewhere listening? Yes. <laughs> You're just now waking up. Yes. It, as Republicans, major, major victory last night in Virginia. Uh, Glenn Youngen is going to be the new governor of that do, state. Do you, excuse me. Do you pronounce his name Youngen? Is that why? why? I've, I've been saying Youngen. Glenn Youngen. Like like they have three Younguns? <laughs> uh, close enough. I, I just call him Glenn. Just call him? Okay. Young, you know what? I think it's a, like a little bit of a K sound in there. Young, right. but, but, but we will we're gonna find we'll, out. We'll, we'll, we'll get to know enough. that name. Yes. Yes. We'll right. get to know that name. Okay. Anyway, listen, uh, if you've been uh, listening to our programs over the last several months, you know, education was the big issue. And, uh, you know, when they do the analysis of this, you will know that he won the hearts of parents across that state including parents who identified themselves as Democrats, longtime Democrats, who were fed up with what their kids were being taught in the schools, were fed up with mask mandates, were fed up with their kids being told they couldn't come to school anymore. He won the hearts of parents, and he was addressing that last night in his victory speech, cut number one. We're going to embrace our parents, not ignore them. We're going to press forward with a curriculum that includes listening to parents' input, a curriculum that allows our children to run as fast as they can, teaching them how to think, enabling their dreams to soar. All right. There you have it. So he Dreams was- to soar. Boy, that's, that's the first time I've ever heard that in a political speech. <laughs> you guys ever heard this before? Dreams to soar? Yes, dreams to soar. Yeah. Reach for the stars. Reach for the stars. Give 110%. Yeah. Don't back down. <laughs> well, um, and, and why was that, that so... It was a good speech I watched. It was. was. Yeah. Why Why was that so important that mm-hmm. he embraced what the parents' agenda was? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people believe that things turned against the Democrat Terry McAuliffe because of what he said about four weeks ago during the debate Cut number 12. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools bill? and actually take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Wow. You can't can't get any worse than that. You know, that election pivoted at that moment. It did. Youngkin was... Was that in a debate? Yes. That was in the debate, yes, about four weeks ago. He was behind, and then in the intervening weeks since that statement was made by Terry McAuliffe, uh, Youngkin caught up, yes, and then won, yes, and that was the pit. Now we, we need we need to be fair. There there were other issues that voters cited. Probably primarily the other important issue was inflation and the economy, which is hitting a lot of families hard. Mm-hmm. But this issue here mm-hmm. um, at that moment is when the election pivoted and and changed directions. No question about it. That's that, going to go down as one of the biggest uh, stumbles. Opa. 
Yes. In election history. That's what brought the independents, I believe, and those Democrats to the Youngin camp. Is that is that uh, arrogance that McAuliffe showed saying, parents, keep your mouths shut. Right. We've got these professional educators there. They know what's best for the kids. I still have a hard time believing he said that like he did. Um, it, if that had been a press release and well thought out, you wouldn't have said anything near. No. Right. Near near what he said there. That was just, wow. That was. And, and, and the context of what peop, what parents are upset about is what makes that even more egregious. Yes. Because it's not like Terry McAuliffe was saying, listen, we don't want parents telling us how to teach chemistry. We don't want parents t- telling right. us how to. Right. How to uh, because a lot of parents go, yeah, you know, you can't have people interfering with the teacher. But it's in the context of critical race theory and transgender looniness yes. that this statement was made. Yes. And it sounds like that Terry McAuliffe was telling parents, when it comes to what we teach your kids about whether white kids are evil because they're white or whether we should allow a, a boy dressed in a dress to go into the girl's restroom, you stay out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what made yeah, it, parents it was, go crazy. It was an elite, elitist, elitist view yeah. expressed there. We know better. We liberal Democrats know better than the p- parents and citizens of the Commonwealth of right. Virginia, and and so butt out, yeah. And boy, that you're right. That that probably, I don't know what that cost you. It cost him three to five points at least, probably. I'm just guessing here. But uh, what an amazing turn of events. Yes. Uh, in in uh, Virginia, still waiting on the results from New Jersey. Very close there. Uh, the governor's race the governor's there. Governor's race there. Folks, keep in mind, Virginia was purple, trending blue. Mm-hmm. Um, New Jersey, yes, they had um, a couple of governors who were Republicans the last 20 years, Christine Todd Whitman and uh, what's the other fellow's name? Ran for Chris pre- Christie. Chris mean? Christie. Yeah. But basically it's a blue state, right? Mm-hmm. Presidential elections are blue, blue state. But now, you know, they may have elected a, uh, a Republican for governor. We met, we won't know the results. I don't know when we'll know the results. Maybe today. It's, it's that tight. Yes, it the, is. But that was supposed to be a blowout. Yes. yes. That, was, that was supposed to be a uh, snoozer, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, Virginia. I mean, excuse me, in uh, in New Jersey. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of other things that happened around the country, significant things that all went against the Democrats Yep. yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, uh, now, there weren't congressional elections. There weren't senatorial elections. Certainly wasn't a presidential election. But on issues that the left has been promoting, defund the police, things of that nature, uh, the Democrats, uh, and not all Democrats are for defund the police, uh, as we saw in Minneapolis yesterday. But I'm just saying those issues that were promoted by the, I guess you could say left slash far left, went down in flames. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was right. a terrible night uh, for, for those folks. And thus the giddiness on yes. the part of Ed Vitagliano and, yes. Tim, and Tim Wildman. <laughs> um, because it, the, 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 what happened yesterday with all these votes around the country was, was very significant. And, and I think gives us renewed um, hope that, um, that uh, uh, conservative principles of government uh, still resonate well with uh, a lot of our fellow Americans. 
because yes. of, and we're going to talk more about that uh, later. But uh, Bishop E. W. Jackson, uh, host of the Awakening, and our friend and colleague is uh, he lives in Virginia and he joins us now. Good morning, Bishop. Good morning, Tim. Uh, listen, I, I bring you greetings from the land of awakening, uh, the, the state of the state of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, George Mason, and many other founding fathers whose statues are being attacked. But apparently, there's a resurrection going on right now, and I, I'll tell you, I am giddy too. <laughs> hey, did you? By the way, uh, you uh, Winsome Sears. Yes, I is, know Winsome. I know you know Winsome. You yeah. introduced me to her um, uh, at uh, a meeting we, we were at together in Orlando last February. That's right. That's right. You, you, you brought her to this meeting, introduced her to a lot of uh, folks in the conservative movement, and uh, I was I was there. And uh, at the time, I, I was not familiar with her, Winsome Sears, and, and I was very impressed in my conversation with her. But then I thought, well... She probably doesn't have much of a chance to win in in uh, Virginia in turn, the lieutenant governor's uh, spot. But yeah. uh, last night I'm watching the news, Bishop, and I said, "That's Bishop Jackson's friend. Yes. She <laughs> she she won. She's yes. the lieutenant. Go- tell us before we get into the governor's race. Tell us about her, and uh, just just tell us about your relationship with her and, and all those things." Well, look, she has been a a fixture in Virginia politics for years. Uh, She won uh, a predominantly black Democrat district uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, Forgive that little distraction in the background there. But she won in the early 2000s. I mean, it was just kind of like now. It was a dramatic upset. People couldn't believe it had happened. But she really felt God calling her away, and she, she got a business started and was doing some other things, and then she, she reemerged again. She stayed active, stayed involved. She was a big Trump supporter. She reemerged again. She's a Marine Corps veteran. She's a businesswoman. Um, she is uh, obviously a mother, uh, just really a solid individual uh, who's been around Virginia politics for many, many years. And I tell you, emerged at the right time to take advantage of what I think really is an awakening. If this continues, I can I think we can say there is an awakening going on in our country that people are realizing, okay, the, the left, has they've simply gone too far. They've gone off the rails, and we can't support them. So she was there to take advantage of it. Man, a discipline campaign. Of course, you know, you've talked to her. She's very articulate, very passionate. She's a Marine. She's pro-life. She's a right. Marine. That's right. That's yeah. right. You're a Marine. Yes. Yes. Amen. Uh, Separate five. She. So. So yeah. Uh, Winsome is a is a real. And by the way, not to put too fine a point on this, because I think sometimes we make more of this than we probably should. At least that from my perspective. But she is the first black person in Virginia to win statewide office. So she she really made history. Shh. You need it, Bishop. Keep that suppressed. <laughs> we know we know that white racists elected the governor in Virginia last night. Oh, excuse, yeah. oh, wait yeah. a minute. You yeah. mean the same people, yeah. the yeah. same white racists who elected the governor, also voted for a black woman yeah. to be lieutenant? Oh, well, that and and his and an Hispanic man yeah. and a Hispanic man to be attorney general. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Diversity. Yeah. It's what the Democrats yeah. want, right? Yeah. We got, we got uh, unless they have the wrong ideas. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Fred, you, you wanted to ask Bishop? Yeah, a Bishop. Question? Fred here. Uh, I was so impressed hey, with her victory speech last night. 
I just want to play you just about 26 seconds of that speech. Winsome Sears, we're talking about. Winsome Sears, cut number two. There are some who want to divide us, and we must not let that happen. They would like us to believe we are back in 1963 when my father came. We can live where we want. We can eat where we want. We own the water fountains. We have had a black president elected not once, but twice. And here I am living proof. That's, you know, hurry. That's the truth. Hurry, get Stacey yeah. Abrams up there. Yes. Hurry. <laughs> yeah. We can't allow this woman to speak. Yeah. Uh, the wow. truth. That's, that's imp- can't allow the truth to come out. And right. that's what she was speaking right. last night. Right. It, it, uh, this, and, and you know, go ahead. Can, can I just point out too? These are not people who shied away from the social issues, who so, sort of soft pedaled that they're solid. Chris, she's a solid Christian conservative, and they've won. Which I, I think this is a lesson also to conservatives and Republicans. You don't have to suppress being a Christian and being a solid right. constitutional conservative in order to win. And and Bishop, uh, it seems to me that people like Winsome Sears and other Christians of any race, ethnic background, they really need to bring a Christian perspective on race to the national discussion. Amen. Because to me, you will get both sides. Christians should be the first to admit when they have sinned, when... A nation has done things in the past, so you would dispel the false accusation that people who don't like critical race theory don't want to teach about race at all, and they don't want to teach about some of the bad things that have happened, really poisonous things that have uh, happened in our past. But Christians can also bring a balanced discussion like she did in her speech, talking about Winston uh, uh, Sears again. Mm Uh, to me, Christians are the perfect ones to deliver that balanced message. It's not the skin, it's the sin. Right. And and the problem is not race. The problem is the fallenness of humanity and our tendency to divide. But you're right, Christians are the ones who can bring not just tolerance of each other, but love for each other and, and, and an acknowledgement that God made us all, loves us all, and we ought to care about each other. You're right. I mean, because what the left is doing, they, they're trying, they call themselves progressives. They're trying to regress us into a state of tribalism right? where where everybody is divided. You know, like these affinity groups that they're creating now where you got a black group here and an Asian group here and a Native American group here and a Hispanic group here and this group. And, and by the way, there is no white group because white people are not invited because in order for them to be fully who they are, they need to be among their own identity group. I mean, this stuff is... It's pernicious. It's just, it's just. So, are you saying white people need to live in their own neighborhoods? You know, it's re- because that, that sounds like that, segregation. Yeah. <laughs> sure, that's that's. I mean, they they want to resegregate us. I mean, it's just. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, think, you read about these some of these uh, campus groups, and they're uh, you know on these far left campuses, and they're talking about uh, people of color are. Black folks or Hispanics or whatever, particularly people of color, uh, they need their own dormitories. Mm, right. They, they need right. their own apartments. Their and own graduations. Think, yes. Yeah, their own graduation. I'm thinking to myself, let's flip that just a minute. <laughs> let's say uh, white folks uh, said, you know what? We need our own dorms. We need our own. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So segregation 
uh, you're, you're, the far left is promoting segregation based on yeah. race. Yeah. The very same thing they say, you know, is, uh, is white uh, or, you know, conservatives favor, which is ridiculous. Uh, but I think uh, this is uh, just amazing what happened yesterday. And I'm telling you, this, this could uh, what, let me get your uh, thoughts real quickly. But we're talking to Bishop E.W. Jackson here. By the way, you can listen to uh, Bishop Jackson on The Awakening in about an hour and 35 or 40 minutes right here on American Family Radio. What do you think's going on uh, with the Democrat Party right now? Uh, they may not say it out loud, uh, but this, is, this has got to be uh, war going on inside the or is it a war going on now inside the party when you see what happened yesterday and what's likely to happen in 2022 well nancy pelosi has already said that they're going to double down on their agenda and uh and and we're already hearing from most quarters saying the problem is that we didn't go far left enough okay we haven't we haven't done enough i you know i think that the democrat party and here again it's just my perspective i used to be a democrat by the way uh, i've repented but you're, uh, you're was, recovering, <laughs> recovering. recovering but, you know, I think the Democrat Party has really just gone so far into the radical Marxist right. socialist worldview that I don't think there's any coming back for them. I think that's where the gravitational pull of the party is. And I think they're going to double down on it because, look, think about this. You were talking earlier. I was listening earlier when you said Terry McAuliffe could not possibly. I mean, how could he say that? Well, he did not just he didn't only say it. He refused to apologize or even back off from it, which just tells you they are steeped in this this bubble of an unreal, disconnected uh, approach to politics. And I think they're they're going to continue with that. And I think the American people are going to show, Okay, well, we're not going with you. Well, this is the the old expression, overplaying your hand. Is Mm -hmm. that a is that a card game expression? I'm not sure. Sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Um, huh? I think I think so. Yeah, I know. Yeah, when I, got, and I think that's a, that's what they're doing. I think with your yeah, and I love it. I, yeah. I just want them to keep it up, guys. Me too. Keep it up. <laughs> Me too. I know. Uh, I've overplayed my hand many times at the casino, and it just didn't. Go, <laughs> it didn't. You know, it didn't go well for me. That's uh, cheek, next folks, next that's... time I'm down, I'm gonna lay hands on you. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. I'm, on, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I've only been to a casino one time, and I just wanted to walk through to see what it looked like, see if it really didn't have windows. But it was a Baptist casino, and, and it didn't. It was a Baptist <laughs> casino. It really didn't have windows. Uh, so it was that was a. And no clocks on the wall either. Right. Uh, so anyway, well, Bishop, uh, th- thank you for being on with us, brother. And we look it's forward to pleasure. hearing your comments uh, further uh, coming up in about an hour and a half. And uh, uh, tell Winsome uh, we would like to have her on our show here as soon as she you know, can catch her breath. So would you help us we'll with that? Absolutely. Happy to do that. Okay. Happy to do All that. Right, thank okay. you. Appreciate thank it. Bye-bye. You. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Uh, our good brother Bishop E. W. Jackson. Um, you know what? Uh, what? What do you think about my question about uh, what's going on inside the Democrat? What? What? What's well, going on over the phone lines today? Well, I, I I think the squad, the left, the progressives are like Bishop Jackson said, double down. But I do believe uh, Democrats that come from moderate areas. I'm thinking of Joe Manchin this morning. Right. Okay. My lesson from Virginia is Joe Manchin is saying, I'm right. 
this country is not as far left as what Joe Biden and the progressives are, and we're, go- we're going to lose badly next year in the midterms. So you better start listening to me, Mr. President. Uh, listen, re- realistic Democratic strategist mm-hmm. who've been around for a long time. Yeah, uh, they're they're, they're going to they're going to tell the Democrat Party leaders that that very thing. Yep, we we got to pull back. But the tension is the far left now has been given so much control inside the party. There's going to be a, a civil war. We'll be back in a minute. On Sunday, September 12th, Viacom aired the MTV Video Music Awards, also known as the VMAs. The award show consisted of profanity, see-through clothing, and highly sexualized choreography. One of the networks that aired the show was Nickelodeon. The sexually explicit content on this program was inappropriate for anyone, especially children. Sign the petition to urge Viacom to no longer air the VMAs on Nickelodeon at 1millionmoms.com. A vacation with a purpose. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're going to be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's going to be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022. June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. It was a great day for parents, and it was a devastating day for progressives. The American people delivered a stunning repudiation of President Biden and the progressive policies of Democrats. Virginia Republicans swept every major office from governor to attorney general. Deep blue New Jersey could go red. They are still trying to figure out who won the governorship. And Minneapolis voters rejected a plan to dismantle the police department. Voters were especially angry over left-wing school boards that turned public classrooms into indoctrination centers. They repudiated critical race theory and radical sex and gender philosophies. And what happened on Tuesday could be the start of a red state tsunami as the American people fight back against the socialist. Democrats should pay heed to the message voters sent. The American people are good and kind and peaceful. But when you start messing with our children, that means war. I'm Todd Starnes. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 American Family Radio This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio. Should you want to watch this show on the Internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and type in today's issues. And you, you can watch the live video stream inside the studio here of three, well, a couple of average-looking fellows. And <laughs> well, I, I, I got to stay modest, you know what I'm saying? Keep my humility. Uh, which I look in the mirror and I go, you can keep it. <laughs> you can keep your humility. I can see that. Uh, listen, if you want to join us on the Internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and just type in today's issues. Also on our Facebook page, uh, we post the stories that we talk about, the, the so you can have that information for yourself. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've been talking about the big election results from last night. Uh, in Virginia in particular, but uh, Fred, uh, when will we know the results of the gubernatorial race in New Jersey? It's awfully close right now. It's bouncing back and forth between the incumbent Democrat and uh, the uh, Republican challenger. At one point, uh, uh, Cittarelli? Cittarelli. Cittarelli uh, is the Republican. He was up by 1,000. Uh, seven o'clock this morning, central time. I just checked it before I came in the studio and I believe the incumbent Murphy is up by about a thousand. So there, there will be, most experts believe that it is so close yeah. that regardless of who is declared the winner, there'll be a recount. But, but regard if, if the incumbent wins, if the right. incumbent Democrat wins Phil Murphy by a thousand or 1200 votes, it's still seen as a huge defeat. Oh, yeah. For the Biden administration, because Biden won New Jersey, I think, by 16 points last year. We're talking, it's just 12 months since the election last right. year. That's right. Almost to the day. Yes. 12 months to the day. That kind of turnaround, if if you're honest for a moment as a Democrat or a Democrat strategist, you got to say the country, you've got to at least admit the country is starting to perceive we're on the wrong track here with the stuff that we're doing. Yeah. And, and listen, I, I wanted to play you a couple of Democrats from Virginia as to why they voted Republican this time. That may give us a clue on their priorities. Cut number three. So I have a whole group of Dems for Glenn. And Terry McAuliffe thought he would stroll into Virginia and take this um, election easily. And he kept bringing in more and more outsiders. But Glenn kept listening to parents. I knew going into this election that education was going to be a key component in my decision-making process. And looking at Glenn and hearing him speak, Glenn is listening to the voices of parents and he's addressing our concerns. On the flip side, I feel that Terry is not just ignoring the voices of parents, but he wants to silence us. It's very interesting what they both had to say there. Uh, interesting Democrats referring to, uh, Youngston as Glenn, like they're, he's a friend, but also that they say McAuliffe brought in outsiders. Who are the outsiders he brought in? Former president Barack Obama, Kamala Harris, Biden in the last few days. And then, um, he brought in the head of the teachers union. Um, uh, her name, what's it? Uh, I, I know you, uh, anyway, the head of yeah. the teachers union, on the last day of the election campaign, he brings in another outsider 
the head of the teachers union. <laughs> he also said we need less white teachers. And we need less <laughs> white teachers. I mean, what? This guy. Who's writing the script for this? Randy man? Weingarten. Garden. Yes. That's the uh, teachers union? Yes. Yes. Uh, American just, Federation listen. of Teachers. Uh, he he did run a horrible he he ran a horrible campaign McAuliffe. I guess he just thought because he he was a governor the first time uh, you know four years ago and because of uh, the you know the Democrats having you know that uh, Virginia was basically trending in the direction of being a blue state that he would win and this uh, his opponent was had no experience in politics. He was an outsider. He was a businessman, Yunkin. I'm talking about. Uh, so, you know, but, th- but here's a week ago, NBC comes out with a poll that says 71 percent of Americans say the country is in the going in the wrong direction. How did McAuliffe respond to that? He brings Biden in. Yes, <laughs> I know. It's like, how can what can we do to help ourselves lose here? That's the strategy. <laughs> well, now I will say this. If you just look at it on numbers, you have to say, well, Obama won Virginia twice. Mm-hmm. I think he won it twice. Biden won Virginia by how many points? I think it was I at least 10. Okay, 10 points. That's a blowout mm-hmm. over Trump. Uh, and you have to say, well, you would you, you, you would say, well, that's he's popular here, Biden, by virtue of that. But that doesn't take into account what has happened, what's happened, last year. What's happened in the last year. <laughs> yes. Well, really, really just since... Uh, January when he was inaugurated. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We're not about. even no. talking about a whole year of disastrous policies. We're talking Listen, 11 uh, months. I, th- I think it was months. Michael Savage who once said liberalism is a mental disorder. And it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, um, liberalism uh, slash progressivism is what they call it. Uh, <clears throat> on a practical level, it does not work. It's a lot of theoretical um, um, feel-good stuff, okay, that in the real – you have a saying, Ed, reality is a harsh teacher. Is a brutal teacher. Reality is a brutal teacher. And so uh, their ideas just – when they're flushed out, just don't produce results that – uh, that American citizens, generally speaking, have come to expect. Yeah. And if something doesn't work, then you 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 know it's not a good idea to keep promoting. Yeah. That now ex- there are exceptions. California, you know, they're going to keep on. They're going to vote themselves till they just right. break off into the Pacific Ocean because mm. they got to go further left mm. out there, <laughs> huh? Now. I know there are some conservatives who live in the Central Valley and in northern uh, northern uh, California, mm-hmm. but I'm just talking about the vast majority of voters there in California. You got New York, so but but pretty much pretty much in Chicago, pretty much the rest of the country is made up of people who <clears throat> look at things and say, "Do they work? Yeah. Do they work? And do they work for the for the for the for the citizens of our state?" Well. Go ahead. I was going to say Minneapolis is a perfect example. We haven't covered what, what that. happened. Go ahead. What happened? Yeah, yesterday? cover that well, because that that is a very liberal city. Yes, that was being asked to adopt a very liberal p- proposal of getting rid of the police, 
And to your point, Tim, a lot of those liberals said, mm, I don't think this is workable. Yeah, uh, because almost on a two-to-one margin, they rejected a proposal to dissolve their police department and instead have a uh, Department of Public Safety, I think is what they were calling it. If I had coffee in my mouth right now, I would spew it out. <laughs> that is hilarious. They're wanting to switch over. These people were wanting to switch over from from police officers yes. to basically community organizers. Social, social workers. Social, social workers. Yes. Talk about not understanding human nature. Yes. And as we pointed out, even before we knew last night's result, we pointed out yesterday or the day before, we, but we played a, a clip of a black pastor from Minneapolis saying, we don't want this to happen. We want a police department. And this black pastor said, this is an idea being promoted by white academics. We don't want this in our city. We want our police department. We may want some reforms in the wake of George Floyd's death, but we don't want to get rid of our police department. Yeah, and, and this was, uh, th- these were voters and like this black pastor, they weren't um, overlooking the issues that led to the George Floyd protests or anything like that. They said, we, we want some changes in the police department in Minneapolis. We want better relationships between the police department and police officers and the black community, the minority community. But we're not going here no. to this. Uh, we're not falling off the cliff. No. So. And, the, and the same thing happened in Seattle last night. The candidates for mayor, and there was another office there, candidates for mayor who ran against the idea of defunding the police department. The outgoing Democrat mayor was all for defunding the police department, despite what happened in her city last summer. Right. The summer of, of 20, pardon me. The summer of love? Where no, they had, I'm sorry. What, it was the summer of fire. Yes, two or three blocks of the city <laughs> were, were chaos. And uh, the, the other advocate out there that was defeated, I think, wanted to pay the homeless or put them up in hotels or whatever the case may be. Both of those left-wing candidates in Seattle, one of the most liberal cities in the country, were defeated. I think what's happening, and you just alluded to it, Tim, left-wing ideology ran into reality. What happened was the people of Seattle said, wait a minute, we don't want to turn over two city blocks to these hoodlums. Right. We don't want homeless people doing their business on our sidewalks, sleeping in our doorways. We don't want that. Shop, don't want, legalized shoplifting. Yes. We don't want uh, drug used drug needles left mm. on the streets. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, another thing real quickly is uh, there are some uh, liberal pundits who claim that critical race theory doesn't exist. I heard them last night. They were saying these Virginia voters are voting on something against something that doesn't even exist. That is critical race theory being taught in the schools of Virginia. First of all, uh, I don't know how many school systems adopt, have adopted these critical race theory type studies and books in the state of Virginia, but I do know that a lot of people were saying, even if we don't have it now, we certainly don't want it to, tomorrow. Right. And, and that's a statement we're sending. Um, but let me tell you something. For those people on the left who say the, these critical race theory, uh, which 
which basically, if you want the bottom line of critical race theory, it's this white people are devils. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's one of the key tenets of critical race theory. White people are devils, even though these people don't believe in the devil, but no, nonetheless. So, so that's, um, so if you want to tell me the Democrat pundits that critical race theory is a boogeyman that has been ginned up by conservative Republicans and doesn't really exist. Joe Biden, president of the United States, he says that our country is systemically racist. Mm -hmm. Am I right? That's correct. Am I misquoting him? Nope. He says that. Okay. Kamala Harris, vice president, same thing. To call America fundamentally and systemically racist is by definition critical race theory. That's correct. I need to come on. (laughs) Come on. Okay. I'm getting fired. You see where I'm going here? Yes. So they can't have it both ways. That's right. These Democrats have been saying we're a racist country and the police are racist and white privilege, white privilege. And, uh, we need to shame white people. Uh, and get them out of our dorms and all this. And I'm, to me, the vast majority of African Americans, in particular, do not subscribe to that. Yeah, nope. uh, do not subscribe to that. But but the BLM movement, they do. Mm-hmm. Many in the BLM movement do. So uh, that's that doesn't that's not playing anymore. People aren't falling for that. And I think the somebody said on Fox News last night the race card's dead. Uh, now I don't know if that's true or not. You can still, you could still gin it up if you want to, but, uh, I, I don't, it's not, it's not working. Hey, listen, uh, is there racism? Uh, yeah, there's sin in the world and I can, I can take you around the world and show you, I, we can go to Africa mm. and right now there are black tribes warring with black tribes. There are, there are tribal there's tribalism, and there has been since the dawn of humanity. Okay, so but it but is America? Are Americans? Are white Americans in particular fundamentally racist people who who hate people of color? Like the like many men, not all, but many of the Democrats want to continually use to try to divide the country. Uh, Americans of all ethnicities know that that is not true. Right. That is just not true. Are there bad people in every? You can go anywhere in the country, any race, and you can find bad people. Okay, uh, but 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 generally speaking, broadly, no, Americans are not. A, we're not a systemically racist country, and 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 people are reacting to some extent to being called that every day. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So, I think I think the people of Virginia were the jury on that question last night. And they said, not guilty. Yeah, yeah. Quit calling me names. Mm-hmm. Call, you know. Yeah, we're trying to make it just like everybody else is. Yeah. And we're not trying to tear anyone else down to, to help ourselves get up. I, listen, I think with the Joy Reads of this country, the CNN, MSNBC folks who are saying that CRT is not being taught in Virginia. But Van Jones on CNN Van said that. Van Jones. To, to, to CNN's credit, they did have some balance last night because I turned over just for entertainment purposes and watched about an hour of it. And they, they did have some some people on there who were given some balance. But go ahead. Yeah. 
I, I, I was going to say that when they say CRT is not being taught, I don't think they're being honest. I, I think, and I think they're doing this on purpose. They may, some of these school systems, some of these teachers may not use the words critical race theory, but they're teaching the ideas of critical race theory. So when you have people saying CRT is not really being taught, I think that's what they mean and they know it. Yes. It's sleight of hand right. and it's not being honest with the viewers. And I think that's another reason why yeah. state, you know, channels like CNN are losing viewers. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Well, we have a guest on now from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Kelvin Cochran. Kelvin is a friend of our ministry, and uh, he's spoken at one of our events a couple of years back. And he's the former uh, chief of the fire. Excuse me. I'm going to let him tell you what his title was. Uh, chief Cochran, welcome to our program. Hello, Tim. It's great to be on the program today. Good to hear your voice, my friend. You do know the Braves won the World Series last night, right? <laughs> oh, I absolutely do know that, brother. <laughs> anyway, yes, sir. We, we hadn't talked about that. We can talk about that a little bit more later. Tell us about your book. Uh, by the way, what was your proper title? Uh, Fire Chief of Fire the City Chief. of Atlanta. Yes. Fire Chief for City of yes. Atlanta, and you served in that capacity for how long? A total of seven years, Tim. Seven years. And then uh, your story, I want to tell this, give this now, and then give it at the back end of our interview here. Uh, your your new book is called Facing the Fire. And uh, tell our listeners where they can go to purchase it. Facing the Fire is, uh, uh, is the book, uh, really, that tells the story of my fiery trial when I was terminated in 2015 for writing another book for a Christian men Bible study. And it chronicles the journey of faith uh, that God was with me throughout that whole experience and had prepared me for it all my life. And it can be purchased at uh, Amazon Books, Barnes & Noble Books, and uh, Books a Million, and other common uh, book outlets. Well, folks, if you, if you want an inspiring story, to read about God's grace in somebody's life going through difficulties. This is, is fascinating what happened here uh, with uh, Chief Cochran, and it's called Facing the Fire, pun intended. Uh, and you can, <laughs> right, you can get it. So pick up a copy of it. Now, Chief, uh, for those who don't know, uh, tell us, uh, I know you've told it a thousand times, but tell us what happened here. Well, I was faithfully serving uh, the city of Atlanta as fire chief uh, under the Honorable Mayor Kasim Reed. Uh, my first uh, stint in Atlanta was under Mayor Shirley Franklin. I was with her for 20 months, and then I was appointed to the United States Fire Administration. And that's where the phrase America's fire chief actually comes from. I was the highest fire official in the country, and Mayor Kasim Reed recruited me to come back to Atlanta to serve under him. But while I was faithfully serving the city, and I was also faithfully serving my church in men's ministry, God put it on my heart to write a book addressing the question that God asked Adam in the Garden of Eden, who told you that you were naked for Christian men? And a few pages talk about biblical marriage and sexuality and what the Bible says about sex and marriage ultimately offended 
an openly gay Atlanta city council member. When he found out I wrote it in the book, he complained to the mayor. The mayor initially suspended me from 30 to 30 days to see if I had discriminated against anybody based on those views. It found that I had never done that. However, I was fired uh, anyway. So you um, were you were fired for your biblical views that you were teaching uh, about marriage. Men, men in church off-site from your job. That's exactly right. The book was written on my personal time. I self-published it, so did it with my own funds. And, uh, and you're exactly right. And that just shouldn't happen in the United States of America. We have a right uh, to live out our faith without fear of consequences, especially imposed by the government. So you served uh, at the pleasure, so to speak, of the mayor? He could fire you? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, he could fire you, and he did. Right? Yeah. He did over right. this. He, he so under, don't, don't, I want folks to understand clearly what happened here. Chief, uh, Chief Cochran, seven years experience, head of the Atlanta Fire Department, gets canned by the mayor in 2015 because he wrote a book on his own time about God's view, the biblical view of marriage and family. That offended a gay city councilman who complained to the mayor. The mayor said, you're out of your, of your job. Then that is a, that's, that's awful. That's terrible. Uh, it's, it's, and so did you then, how did you deal with this? Did you hire a lawyer or what happened here? Well, by the grace of God, Tim, I discovered there was a Christian law firm called Alliance Defending Freedom. And Alliance Defending Freedom took on my case. And after a four-year legal journey with Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, they vindicated me on the uh, constitutional rights we have as Americans, freedom of speech and freedom of religion. The mayor literally thought that I had to get permission. His stand on terminating me was I didn't get permission from him. Uh, well, as the bill will share, I did get permission from the ethics officer if it was, you know, legally legitimate for me to write a faith-based book. And so, uh, but he thought I should have gotten permission from him uh, to write the book. And the court said, no, you don't have to get permission. Uh, and uh, it has violated my free speech and free, free expression of Religion, so I, I won the case. You won the case uh, at what? You won the up. case at what level? Where did it end up? Well, it was a, a federal district court level. Okay. Uh, so it really is one of those cases, Tim, and to the audience where it's a precedent-setting case in that it shows that any government employee, even though I was a local government employee, has the right to live out their faith in their own private space. Uh, without fear of consequences uh, from the government. Is that the end of it? Is that uh, is that yes. the end of the case? Pardon. It's not going. To, it's not going on appeal to a higher court, right? No, sir. It's not. It's final. Well, praise God, yes. and we celebrate with you, brother. Man. That is that is a. I don't know. You talk about the wheels of justice turning slowly. Six years. Six years. Like that's like the yes, wheels yes. of justice have come off the car. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, yes, six. sir. Yeah, actually. Four years, and uh, you know the the thing is now, Tim. I'm I'm not sure if you're aware, but last summer, <clears throat> Alliance Defending Freedom hired me on their staff. Now uh, I have a position of senior fellow and vice president 
for Alliance Defending Freedom. And one of my responsibilities, Tim, and you'll get excited about this, is to establish a national strategy for responding on behalf of any Christian who is publicly attacked for living out their faith. Amen. So in the future, uh, and within about six months, I would say, to be put a timeline on it, anytime a believer is publicly attacked for living out their faith, and it falls in one of the five areas that we focus on, uh, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, sanctity of life, marriage and family, or parental rights, if they are attacked for speaking publicly about those religious convictions, uh, then we're going to have a coordinated response from the body of Christ uh, to emerge, uh, converge on that city on their behalf, and provide uh, nine areas of what we call support functions so that they'll know that they will not be alone. And like one of my favorite songs from Toby Mac, Help is on the way. They'll know help is on the way. Amen. Well, Kelvin Cochran, our guest. Uh, no, I didn't. For some reason, I didn't realize your new uh, role, Senior Fellow and VP, uh, Vice President at Alliance Defending Freedom. We've always been supportive of the good folks at the Alliance Defending Freedom organization, uh, and they uh, do great work defending especially Christians', uh, Christians uh, rights, civil rights all across America. And uh, uh, what is... So if you want to read this fascinating book with the whole story about uh, Chief Cochran and his experience, uh, it's called Facing the Fire, Kelvin, K-E-L-V-I-N, Cochran, C-O-C-H-R-A-N is the correct spelling. Thank you, Chief uh, and uh, Kelvin, my brother, and we, we look forward to seeing you in person sometime. I look forward to it. Anytime you need me, Tim, you know I'm just a phone call away. Okay, thank you, sir. Good night. Thank you, brother. Take care. Mm -hmm. We are going to be back. Uh, It was so sweet watching the Major League Baseball commissioner be booed (laughs) last night when he had to hand the the World Championship trophy to the Atlanta Braves. Maybe maybe Steve has some sound of that. I get it. It's just just increased exponentially. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.